welcome to the Mike Meets London Tastemakers podcast. In this episode, I'm chatting to Florence May from Megan Hauer Group, who you may know from Mama Son's Dirty Ice Cream, Rama Ramen, and many, many more. Uh, I've known May and her partner Omar for quite some time now, and they constantly dish out some of my favourite food in London. May is ridiculously successful and accomplished for a 25-year-old, not that I'm jealous or anything, and she's got some really interesting stuff to say about her journey up to this point, how lockdowns affected things for them, and what the future holds, including dropping a few hints about some more Mama Sons action to come. Uh, I caught up with her in their shiny new offices in Camden on a very hot summer's day, Uh, so without further ado, here we go. For the people listening, we're going to be chatting about everything Maggie Hauer. Okay. What's Maggie Hauer? So Maggie Hauer Group is a London-based restaurant group located in Kentish Town. Um, we have currently seven sites right now, all different brands, and by the end of the year, we hope to have nine. Um, so if you don't know about us already, uh, we are the creators of Bintang Restaurant, Guanabana Restaurant, Mama Son's Dirty Ice Cream, Ramo Ramen. Moi Moi Island and our newest venture this year in 2021 which is Panadera Bakery and um, hopefully like I mentioned by the end of the year we will be opening up uh, Mama Sons in Westfield Shepherd's Bush and also another Ramo Ramen in Soho in Brewer Street. Amazing. So that is essentially what we are and Maginhawa is is a Filipino um, word or expression for blessings it's used in, in many contexts um, to just describe grind and um, being uh, blessed to have an opportunity and grabbing it, making the most out of it. So in a nutshell, that's what we are. We grab opportunities and we make the most out of it. Yeah, that, that's very appropriate. And I mean, obviously, <laughs> lots more stuff coming this year. By the sounds yeah, excited yeah. to hear more about that. But I guess bring it back to the beginning a little bit. Was mm-hmm. was Mama Sons the first one that you were involved in? Or? The one I was involved in, yes. So um, my partner Omar, he and his family had their first restaurant, Bintang, in 1987. And um, back then it was a Indonesian-Malaysian um, uh, restaurant, Pan-Asian restaurant. And a few years later he opened up Guanabana, which is a Latin Caribbean restaurant, um, just two doors down. And I think when we met, um, that was the kind of time where there was a gap in the dessert market. Obviously, me being full Filipino, um, I was really passionate about Filipino cuisine and just how there was such a limit um, of what was on the, on the market back then, which was four years ago now. Seems like forever, but it was only four years ago. And that's when we first uh, worked together and opened up Mama Sons together. Um, so yes, to answer your question, yeah, it is the first one I've been part of. Um, definitely um, a crazy experience, but nonetheless, probably the most amazing experience as well. Mm. Is there? Do you have like a particular kind of history with food? Like personally, have you always been like into? Um, yeah, uh, my my mom and dad typically loved the idea of owning their own business. And growing up, um, they just always wanted to kind of have a small little um, stall to, to sell Filipino food. And we tried it a little bit and it, it, it was it was okay. It was just one of those, something that they had to do to kind of mm. get it out of their way. And it was very much a family business. So I've been working for them for a long time, tills, 
and maths had to be good at it there was no question about it um but also i just genuinely love food as well um i think for me food is just is one of those things that genuinely makes me happy when i have to think about what 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 would i rather do go on holiday or um when i do go on holiday actually funny enough i go on holiday based on the food that i want to eat so um just love food mm. um trying new new dishes or making new dishes is just always been really interesting to me i love working with my hands as well um almost probably the better chef though and i would i would definitely give him that title and uh, whereas but i love sugar always have and i think i always will i can relate to that <laughs> <laughs> um so we could probably talk about like any one of your restaurants or your brands for like an hour but like so the the latest is panadera as you mentioned panadera yes yeah? um so how did that come about like had you always dreamed of doing a filipino bakery kind of concept? yes actually so a little bit of um background of it was when we first opened mamasons it was solely um a filipino ice cream pot, dessert parlor and when we opened it and we first launched it obviously it was um it was amazing everybody took it really well they loved it and it was it was it was very busy and it still is quite busy right now so i'm really 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 happy that it is but then midway when you know we think we thought about expanding our product range or adding more filipino um offerings in there on the sweet side or on the mm-hmm. dessert side like baked goods it was it was odd because these are things that our customers would ask us for like every day they would ask us for pandesal mm. by itself even though we had the bilog which is amazing and for those who don't know the bilog is a pandesal ice cream sandwich which we fill with one of our ice creams and toast it up um but they they would ask for it but then when it's it's there for them they would just wouldn't buy it no. they would always buy their bilog or their ube ice cream or ube brownie and and that would be it so I think at the level we're at now people just want to have what they want. They don't want to try anything new. Um they they just want their regular fix. And that makes me so happy that people come to Mamasons for their mm. regular fix. But also there's a little part of me that's sad because when we first started Mamasons we made so many things in the beginning, new specials like every week mm. and it would be incredible. um and putting all those ingredients like ube and milo and and uh, macapuno in like a western um pastry item or in a in a bread that would be amazing to me but mm. our customers would just want what they want yeah so in the end we kind of you know had to pick between do we just make sure we never run out of bilogs so people don't get upset and when we did run out of bilogs people did get did get oh, so upset And I think we just made a conscious decision to listen. Let's put this first. This is what makes them happy. Let's do that. But then also, we've always had this concept of more offerings, but it just never really fit in Mamasons at the time. Mm. And then, I love baking. Like I think it's probably one of my favorite things to do when I'm not running around doing everything else. And when we took on our Westfield project. we really had to sit down and look at logistics and production mm. because it's a different type of market over there it's a different type of footfall something we've never done before um and we have to be very prepared and 
we are actually not allowed to sell out of things. Right. So it's part of our, our deal to never run out. That's a tall order. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we started looking heavily into our production. And then the more we did that, we were like, no, we can't just have all this heavy GT commercial slash industrial equipment and not make Spanish bread, which mm. is something that we get asked for daily or more pandasal or or more pies or more offerings and during lockdown i think when we had just the chance to slow down a little bit kind of get more creative because i mean there wasn't really ha anything happening there you were either getting creative or focusing on fitness or just eating your way through lockdown we 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 did all three of those things yeah. Um, and I think that's when we realized that all these products, all these offerings that didn't work in Mama Sons, they belong somewhere else. Mm. And they, they, there is a market for them because there's still those people that wait for a special to come out in Mama Sons. It might not be as high as it, w as it was before, but there's still like a core group of people that do want it. And I think putting it in a different outlet, in a different space with a different brand, I think definitely that's what they really needed. Hmm. And when we opened Panadera, I was so nervous. I don't think I've ever been that nervous. Um, yeah, no, that's a lie. I always, I'm always nervous. I get nervous every time we do a project. I get nervous every time I, I have to think of a new special, whether people are going to like it or, or not, hmm. um, or they're going to understand it or not. Um, and then I think there was a part of us that was like, Oh no, are people really going to just want pandasal filled with coconut and different types of fillings? All this traditional things that we've never done before. Because mm. Mama Sons has always been a little bit more innovative, yeah. a little bit more different and not as clear cut as what people expect. So that was a big risk in the beginning, but really paid off. And it, this was kind of the opposite of that. Mm. This was very traditional because it was... It was um, it was meant to be a, a bakery for the neighborhood as well. So I didn't want it to do crazy prices for um, for something that I know I can sell for a good good amount and yeah. still be happy with. And plus, we, we made sure that the menu is utilized from actually the, the dough that we use for the billogs, which is a pandasal mm -hmm. dough. So it was a lot of effort just making that one dough very, very good and very moist and very rich so that it's adaptable for different mm -hmm. things and we can leverage it for all these different products. So that was that was great because when we make billogs um, for Amazon's, we're also making products for Panadera. Mm. So it's nothing too crazy for us and it's not a typical bakery where we have a new menu every day or yeah. a new thing. It's definitely still for the cause of production, but on the offset of we do something mm. fun as well. And I think the one thing that was the biggest shocker to me is when I really wanted to do something savory as well. And like I said, I'm not a chef. I love every type of like, from super high-end Michelin star food, to casual dining, to trashy takeaways, McDonald's, KFC, I love all of that. And I think for Panadera, it was just one of those things where I didn't really feel like it was super, uh, not almost gonna be judged, but it's one of those things that it's a bakery. Who's mm. gonna really care if I, if I make like a leftover sandwich or a basic egg sandwich, it's just stuff I, I want to eat. Like when I go to a bakery, 
sometimes the simplest plain croissant is just the, what I need for that day. And I think Panadero is, is, is that to me, simple, but good quality and also um, fun. Um, so when we made the corned beef sando, I can't describe it to you how, um, how it made me feel when everyone went nuts over it yeah. because um, they were very shocked in the beginning. They didn't really understand it. They were, they were like, what's so special about this corned beef? Like, corned beef, are you sure about this? And I was so apprehensive, and even Omar was like, "May I mean, are you sure other people are gonna love this?" And I'm like, "I don't know if they're gonna love it. I just know that I love corned beef. It's it's a traditional thing you have for breakfast in the Philippines. Traditionally, you have it with rice, though, not with. Well, you can have it with bread, but it is with rice dominantly. And then you have it with like like a tomato side, or it's either cooked in it." Um, and it's delicious and it's a breakfast item and I thought hmm would this taste good in a in a sandwich and I think for a day we just made loads of corned beef and the thing about the corned beef um, which a lot of people don't know is we make it from scratch mm. so it's not something that I just go to Sainsbury's and buy tins of corned beef it's actually a very long process mm. which I feel like it's only right since we are a big fan of making sure that everything we do is to the best quality and so that we know exactly how it's made and how it's done and the value of that end product. So the different thing about it is because corned beef has this um, very soft texture, um, I didn't want it to be very mushy with the bread being also very soft. Mm. So that's why um, I wanted to turn it into a croquette to just give it that extra layer of texture and distinction and I think after that we just ate corned beef for two months straight <laughs> um, until we were happy with it um, and all the other components as well so we make our own ketchup with it which is kind of like uh, an inspiration of like that tomato that's cooked with it I was happy with it when we made it everybody else was happy when we made it and then once everyone was happy and I was happy I was like yes that that thing can go on the menu and the verdict seems to be that it's pretty incredible i mean like i've seen panadera now on so many lists of like best sandos in london best sandwiches around i cannot even tell you how insanely happy that makes me that they're they're going in there going yeah corned beef it's a it's a corned beef it's that thing from the, in the can i'm like yes that thing from the can but we actually make it from scratch mm. Um, so it's it's just amazing to see other people appreciate it as well. It is very um, fulfilling for me. Mm. And obviously the fact that they love it and that we have had some amazing write-ups. I don't even think Mama Sons got this much write-up wow. when we opened. So I unexpectedly uh, created a new beast to take care of. <laughs> aka Panadera because in our head it was just going to be a little Kentish town mm. um, neighbor neighborhood bakery for our locals especially because a lot of people during that time didn't want to venture out and go far um, so it kind of just made sense and plus we live in Kentish town so it's just nice to have something like that but now it's it's just as busy as Mama mm. Sons it's just as like highly anticipated for when we do something um, 
which wasn't what we intended to do initially with this brand. But all I can say is I'm so grateful for everyone who's come by, tried it, supported it, and that continues to because it actually, all that work and that process really just makes it worthwhile when people do recognize it and, and appreciate it. And for all the Filipinos as well, which was I was I was the most nervous about because mm. it is quite traditional, and I was waiting for all the comments of, "Wow, this is not like my mom's, mm. or this is this is not like what I have in Philippines." But weirdly, I we haven't gotten any of that, and it's just been a lot of love, which has been so good, especially after going through a grueling lockdown. Yeah. Um. So it was definitely something that kept us going during that whole time. And it was just fun to do as well. Yeah, fantastic. And you're used to the queues out the door now, so like that's not a, not a big deal. That's something I'm <laughs> never going to get used to. When I see queues, I, I really just, I grab an apron and I get in there to get rid of it as fast mm. as I can because I know what it's like to be in a queue. Uh, I think people are a lot more appreciative of it now or not as bothered because, I mean, the whole of lockdown, everyone had to queue up for things. So they're not as hey, uh, come on, hurry up, this is too slow. They're a little bit more understanding, a little bit more patient, so that that's quite nice. But still for me, like, when I see a queue, I, I just, all I want to do is chew through it as fast as possible. So when I see Omar or anybody else that's not doing anything, I'm like, hey, come on, let's let's jump in, let's, let's get this out of the way. And um, also coffee has been an insane part of Panadera's mm. journey. Uh, lucky to have Catalyst um, supply us and help us set up. They've been amazing, their coffee is delicious. And I'm not biased, but I actually don't think I could start my day without a coffee from Panadera. Um, so it, it's it's been nice to just kind of see um, the opposite of a lot of people going for coffees in Panadera and then going to Mamasons for a dessert. So it's nice to see that transition of a busy morning and then also a busy evening because with Mama Sons, even though it's very busy, I mean, people don't naturally think of going there for a coffee because it's not a coffee place or a cafe. It's ice cream parlor and dessert in their mind. But we also do great coffee in there. Mm. Also another blend supplied by Catalyst. That makes the Capiculais just out of this world especially on a summer day. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's it's just nice to see that flow and that street really busy because that was really our goal um, during lockdown and moving forward to kind of have a street for, for everything and anything. So if people come down, they have multiple places to kind of try or have a look or have a nosy. So something for every time of the day, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty incredible strip of places you've got going there and I mean from just to demonstrate your breadth of the like brands under Maggenhauer from the kind of neighborhood bakery onto I guess like Filipino fusion ramen restaurant Mm -hmm. um, around the time that this is coming out yeah a brand new ramen ramen opening in Seoul yes so during lockdown it was very strange because even though a lot of places were closing down a lot of other places were also opening up and we have amazing landlords, which are um, the Shaftesbury Group. And uh, they have been wanting Ramo 
to join their portfolio for uh, for a while. It's just we've never really had the right time or the right space. Um, but during lockdown, we were able to kind of really go through um, a good process to getting a new location. And the one that they've actually given us is perfect for Ramo. It's a fully fitted out restaurant already, which Amazing. in any restaurateur would know no more headaches for getting any extraction or gas or water in there. It's all there, so it was perfect. And it was also in a great location, which is on Brewer Street, um, which is also, I think, about six minutes away from Mamasons, right. which in Chinatown, which is very helpful just to have them close by because we don't like traveling. <laughs> but um, And it's going to open in, I'm going to say, end of July, if nothing goes wrong just before we open up Westfield in August. Just, you know, your average month in summer. Hey, I mean, <laughs> one one brand a month. That's, that's kind of, no, I'm kidding. No, not one brand a month. It's honestly been a long time in the making with Westfield. Mm. Um, and Ramo, we, it was just honestly, like I said, it was, it was a great opportunity and a great location. And I couldn't imagine having, an, having our flagship store for Ramo Ramen anywhere else. I mean, I think, it's always been a dream of ours to have, you know, a, a restaurant in Soho. Mm. Even even though we have Mumsons in Chinatown, I think there's still um, just a different um, setting of going down ten minutes down the road to mm. Soho and having a location there is just. Uh, I, I don't have any words to describe it. It's I mean, that's, that's prestige, right? Like, it, it's a it's a little. It's like, it's like is that us? Yeah. Is is that gonna be our place? Um. Yeah. I think. I'm really excited for it and I can't wait for everyone to see the design. We have a great team on board as well with it. It's going to have a few new dishes as well. Ooh. And we have introduced sushi to our menu, which is awesome because I think we've just subconsciously wanted to eat sushi and we just never put it on before because we were very apprehensive. But now we were just like, ah, let's just do it. Well, let's see how it goes. But now... I am excited for the sushi menu for Ramo Ramen and also the Sukumen, which we will be introducing as well. Um, So all great things for Ramo Ramen right now, especially because we've just gotten a new team. So it's quite refreshing Mm. to have more than six people now in the kitchen. Refreshing, but also overwhelming. Mm. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, it's getting there and... Hopefully, end of July. I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to visit. For listeners who aren't already aware, it's probably my favourite ramen place in London. So happy uh, to uh, happy to get another branch out there. Thank you. Um, so, what's happening on the Westfield front? Because obviously, that was that's been in the pipeline for years. I now. know it's it's been in in the works for I'm gonna say a year and a half now. So, just before um, the lockdown happened, the pandemic we were set to open uh, that summer. Mm. So obviously things got postponed. It was a bit of back and forth. We didn't know what was going on, whether we were going to cancel or we were going to push through. But at the time, it was really hard for obviously cash flow and funds. And then at the end of it, it it was just postponed for a year. And now we're kind of in the thick of things now getting things ready it's it's not as as um uh intense as it it should have been because it's been spread out for a year 
obviously projects like Westfield they work very fast and really the turnaround time for them is within three four months you know um prior to you signing lease and exchanging the actual process of design and build is very quick with them mm-hmm. especially because you have to use their elite team of designers and builders right. um which which is very very like it's an amazing learning experience for us to work with such a high caliber team um so i'm very grateful for that very expensive but still grateful <laughs> um but yeah no we're just everything's finished and we just need to open and we are actually going to have a special westfield flavor i'll give you a clue it's something that we do every year because people love it and always want it in at a specific time of the year mm. so that is going to be a permanent flavor for westfield which is gonna be insane i think that's probably a big enough hint for the mama sons diehards out there i think they'll be able to figure it out it's it's um one of the especial favorites i would say um but yeah that's ready to go in august and the whole process to be honest has been very i wouldn't say it's been very challenging but it's been nice that we've had time to actually learn from it as well so we can apply it to our other projects mm. i think that's the most the biggest thing i've taken away from that that westfield project and just being associated with some of like london's biggest brands in one center is also still daunting and still can't believe that that's going to be us in august you know i don't think it ever sinks in yeah yeah stuff up i mean obviously yeah you've got soho and Dubai, westfield like yeah, someday you're going to be like, I don't know, a branch in Dubai or something. You'll be like, is this us? I don't know. Like. <laughs> I, I actually, I am like that every, you can ask anyone, even Omar. Even Omar was like, is this going to be our restaurant? Mm. Are, are you sure they meant us? I'm like, yeah, I, I think they wanted us. And you know what? When we start the build and we get through the process of design, every time, every project, we we just get better and we just work harder and it doesn't get any easier. You'd think it would, but it doesn't. It's it's more specs, more regulations, more things to learn about, new territory, new council, new this. Yeah. So it's it's never easy, um, but it also always rewarding in the end. So what's the next project then? Obviously, you've got lots lots coming up. I honestly don't know. It honestly could be anything. It could be a new moi moi, a new panadera. Any another Mama Sons. Um no, I think after we do both projects Arrest. <laughs> Arrest? I don't know. I think we had a lot of that during lockdown, to be mm. honest with you. I think we just kinda wanna make use of the time that we lost in that one year. Um but we'll definitely have more projects by the end of the year. Uh, I wouldn't say that Westfield and Soho will be the end of our ventures this year. Knowing us, we'll probably have more projects than we intended to. I mean, but that's that's just something we enjoy and love to do. So I would say, on the safe side, another Mama's Lens. Maybe. We'll see. I like it. Or another Mama's Lens orientated pro- project. Mm. I mean, kind of cryptic. <laughs> Shoreditch is calling our names. So that's a little little hint for you nice but honestly I don't, I, we don't know yet 
there's definitely plans for us to have more sites for Mama Sons. Maybe a Panadera and Mama Sons together, mm. um, which has been highly requested a lot. Um, but also Bintang recently mm. um, has gotten a lot of interest, which I'm sorry for any Bintang fans, we are not expanding that or moving it to another location uh, anytime soon. So it's it's going to be interesting. I'm not sure yet, but in that region of, I think, dessert is where we will expand more on. Dessert is the future. <laughs> I, it's dessert, but dessert is the best part of the meal, I would say. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. So, on a slightly more personal note then, are there any places that you like to go out to? Like, what's your go-to restaurant? What My go-to restaurant? Um, hmm. Is it really generic if I say I love every restaurant I go to? Because I do. Um, but the most common... I wouldn't say I go to one restaurant and go there repeatedly because mm. it's my favourite. I would probably try to go to different restaurants. Number one, because I want to try someone else's food or mm. their their menu. Um, and number two, it, it will be the opposite of whatever we're selling <laughs> in our restaurants already. Right. Um, but something that I constantly go to or um, repeatedly go to is probably to Chinatown for dim sum. Right. I don't think there is any restaurant, I'm sorry, any restaurants, but any restaurant right now that does a better dim sum than uh, One Chai mm. or Jared's Corner. I think those two are my favorite um, places for dim sum. And obviously roast duck, you can't really go wrong with roast duck. But that is probably the most consistently common thing that we go to when we go out. In terms of favorite restaurant, um, I love Hawksmoor for steak. Mm. It's always really good. Um, Tread rolls around the corner is is amazing and beautiful. Um, I love a good bit of Taco Bell. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Taco Bell in Holborn. Um, I I don't know. I honestly could go on. I could tell you a favorite restaurant per genre if you nah. wanted me to, but I don't think anyone wants to know that. Um, nice. And... Aside from Magenhauer, or maybe including Magenhauer, what do you see as coming up as like the next big like foodie trend in London? Like, what's what's on the horizon? Do you reckon? I don't know about foodie trend, but I definitely think there will be an influx in the busyness of restaurants due to like pubs and bars mm. having a, a really big restriction. So any kind of space that has a good atmosphere for people to meet up and have good food and have a good experience, I think is what a lot of people will be looking for, um, which I think restaurants should get ready for. I think that's something that's part of our strategy where um, we want to make sure our food is great and consistent, but also how does it feel when you come in? You know, a lot of people have been trapped inside for a long time and they want to go out, mm. you know, and we're still kind of in that mix of, um, people getting vaccines, people not getting vaccines, rules for going out to party and things like that. But really, I think people just need a great space to meet up, have a good like laugh, a drink and some food. Um, so making the restaurants an experience is something really, really important to us right now at Magenhau Group. Um, to us, it's the, the comparison of inviting you over to our house for dinner 
um, and how we would entertain you if you were in yeah. our home. So each restaurant for us is, is our home and how do we kind of give you that experience um, without you feeling the need to spend a lot of money and yeah, just have a good value of time and money in, um, in the restaurants. People are still kind of um, getting used to going out. So it's just kind of figuring out what that um, space feels like to them. You know, is it too crowded for them? Or is it too cramped for them? So that's something that we kind of have a deep brief of every night, what the customers um, feel during service or what we can improve on. Yeah, it's a very unique time. De- definitely, <laughs> definitely. Out. And I think for food, I think it's just an interesting time. It's definitely things that you wouldn't have been able to make at home. Hmm. So anyone doing a great sushi tasting menu, you're going to be very busy because that's something I want to go to right away. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think for me, that's something what we want to concentrate on. Amazing. So yeah, obviously you're debriefing on how kind of all the, yeah, your COVID measures are going and like whether people are comfortable and all that. But like obviously me as a, a big foodie person coming back into restaurants, it's been pretty amazing. Like even if there are a few like, you know, uh, bits of friction in the mm. experience, but like how has it been for you guys like welcoming everyone back in? I think um, in general, it's been such a relief to see customers come back. It's been really nice to see faces and actually talk to them and recommend things face to face whereas you know I, w- I would rather this than a phone conversation and taking an order worth a hundred pound on the phone and then making a mistake um <laughs> and then having that communication just be a little mm. bit more difficult for the customer and, and difficult for us too um so it's really really nice to have that back that interaction back again mm. And I'm just happy to not hear the the sounds of the delivery tablets <laughs> as constant anymore. I still love the sounds of the delivery tablets, but honestly, it's just nice to see faces and hear names and um, see people enjoy themselves as well, you know, because that's really what, like, the hospitality sector is about. People coming out to eat, enjoy themselves, have a good time, and that's really why we do it as well. Incredible. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me. Thanks so much for having me. Fantastic. And so there you have it. Thanks so much again to May for taking the time to talk to me. If you haven't already, please do check out everything Magin Hauer, Bintang, Guanabana, Mama Sons, Rama Ramen, Moi Moi, and Panadera. I'll put all their socials in the show notes. You can find me on Instagram at Mike Eats London or follow the pod at Mike Meets London for updates on new episodes. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you feel like it, drop me a little review as well. Uh, and it would be awesome if you shared it with a friend too. See you next time. I actually have never met a chow chow in real life.